trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Um, I think this is probably the first time about four episodes that we don't appear to have any tech issues yet. That's a good start. But yes, welcome back to the Topical Resort once again for another week. I, as always, am your host Viper, and we'll get into all that in a bit. But as for now, let's get into the intro. It's been a while, but we're finally getting back to discussing handhelds on the show. Last time we discussed them was, was with Nintendo's sort of 32-bit, sort of not handheld, the Game Boy Advance. We've almost leaped ahead. We've leaped ahead almost a decade and jumped a generation, but now we're here. And so today on the Topical Resort, we'll be taking a look at Sega's 3DS lineup and um, going to be kicking things off with a track which might trigger one individual, but I know a lot of other individuals love it. It was our track of the year or our song of the year for 2016, and it's from Seventh Dragon. Th- code 3 VFD. It's Tokyo, the Trials Grow, the Trials Grow Complex, Teddy Lloyd Remix. I can't speak today, but yes, enjoy that, and then we'll be back to kick off the show. Oh, no. 
And with that, officially, welcome back to the Topical Result for another week. I, as always, am your host, Viper, and for the next two and a bit hours, we're going to be playing you some of the absolute finest music that the 3DS, and more specifically, the 3DS's Sega lineup, had to offer you. We just heard that was from Super Monkey Ball 3D, that was World 7. For those, for those of you who don't know, Super Monkey Ball 3D was actually composed by the legendary... Or the Sega legend, not legendary, probably outside, because not many people have probably heard of him outside of Sega. The legendary Hideki Naganuma, obviously famous for his work on Jet Set Radio, Sonic Rush, all those lovely soundtracks that we've all come to know and love and groove to over the years. And kicking off the block there was a track from 7th Dragon Code 3 VFD. That was Tokyo, the Trails Grow Complex, more specifically the Teddy Lloyd remix, which was actually the winner of our Radio Sega's Fan Choice of the Year 2016, not 2017, 2016 competition. I believe there were a few people who were actually voting it for it of voting for it for the 2017 competition since it was eligible again this year due to the game being released in Europe this year but that never went through <laughs> that never went through it I say sadly but it would have been incredible or well, it actually wouldn't have been incredible to hear the same track as <laughs> song of the year for a second year in a row there yes yes there's been quite a few conversations going on in the chat room there's a, there's a lot of talk about the switch there's always a lot of talk about the switch in the chat room because we all love it so much except for our doom girl and very text because xbox fanboys and fangirls but yeah a lot of talk about the switch and what games we got and friend codes and all that sort of stuff there's also a lot of talk about final fantasy earlier because we were talking about I said that one of his, or somebody was talking to, apparently thought Final Fantasy had always been PlayStation exclusive, which obviously isn't true, it used to be on Nintendo. And I was talking about the fact that if Final Fantasy VII, which was a PS1 game released across three discs, if that had come to N64, they estimate it would have taken 30 cartridges to put the whole game onto. Imagine how expensive that game would be. That literally cost you, like, you, you could buy a mortgage. In, for the same price, you could buy Final Fantasy VII on the N64 for. Of course, joking aside, yeah, we've got quite a few people here in the chat room. We have Shaddix, we have Doomgirl, we have Electric Boogaloo, we have The King, we have um, Supersonic Swag, who's currently changed his name to need a new username, and um, Shaddix Croft suggested uh, Hedgehog Man. And for those of you who don't know, it's a reference to the infamous F-Man of Sonic Stadium IRC fame, and also, I guess, some other Discord fames as well. Um, a few other people, we had IA 1980 and I believe, did we have them in here earlier? I don't, oh we did, we had CD-ROM but I don't think we had who I thought we were going to have in the chat room because I can't read apparently. But yes, uh, as I said today we're going to be talking about the 3DS and the 3DS is obviously the spiritual, I say spiritual, it's not, it's the successor to the DS lineup of consoles and we've previously discussed them back in episode 10. Um, I'd normally recommend you go and listen to them, but uh, don't listen to episode 10. That's not one of my favourites, I must say. I do plan on redoing that one at some point, because DS, DS Games has so much awesome music, but yet we only sort of focused on a few soundtracks for some reason in that episode. But this one, we got a nice widespread right here. For, um, we've got we've got a few Sonic games, because of course that's going to happen, but um, for the most part there is a very nice sort of variety to this episode. And... Um, Obviously, we're not going to go to the music break just just yet, but up next is actually a track from uh, Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX. And uh, I expected people to get very angry at this, because... Um, or I expected people to get very angry at this. Uh, you won't in a second once I tell you why. 
because um, we play. We had an entire show dedicated to Hatsune Miku last week, where people were just groaning and moaning the entire time in the chat room because they don't like, you know, Japanese vocaloidy sort of music, which is completely fine. But fear not, because the track that we are about to play for you in a bit is actually menu music, and I think it's menu music you may recognise if you if you have uh, been a listener of Radio Sega and you know you listen to the shows and all that sort of stuff. Very awesome indeed. If you want to be able to go for that right there. Yeah, uh, t- I'm turning into Rexy, I think. That's slightly worrying. Um, but anyway, yeah, aside from that... Uh, what's even happening in the chat room anymore? I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> some interesting stuff going on in the chat room right there. But yes... Um, obviously we're, begin- we're going to be getting a bit more into the history of the 3DS a bit later on, but for the most part, if I had to rate the 3DS, probably one of my absolute favourite handheld consoles. It's very good. It has a very solid lineup of games, in fact, like some of my favourite games ever, like Kirby Triple Deluxe, which is in my top five games of all time. It's on the 3DS. And also, I- this is obviously one, you know, we like to gloss over when we talk about handhelds and consoles, but... This is a very good handheld for modding as of recently. Because thanks to modding, you can finally record video off the console without the need of buying an expensive capture card, which you have to ship off to some random Japanese people. It's also got the fact that, um, obviously, you can <coughs> illegally install games. There's that. But more specifically, you can actually use emulators now. And I think emulators are. Well, emulators are already pretty cool as it is, you know, being able to play a console's library on your computer or another console. But. Emulators on a handheld especially are very cool, like the PSP was obviously infamous for all its handhelds, but in recent times the 3DS has become the new handheld emulation machine of choice, because now you can play, you know, old consoles on a handheld on the go, you know, you can have an entire consoles library at your dispense. That's why I love the 3DS, because, um, the PSP was pretty good at emulation, but the 3DS is even better, especially the new 3DS, like the new models, which we'll be getting into also in a bit. Because, like, finally, you can emulate Sega CD games on the 3DS. And at 60 frames a second, you know, lovely crisp graphics, it's gorgeous. I've actually beaten, you know, quite a few games using the Sega CD emulator on my 3DS. But yeah, in general, 3DS is a very nice console for emulation and hacking as of recently. It wasn't before, but like in the past year, it's really sort of blossomed into this lovely little machine for all your emulation needs. And also, as I said, very nice library of games and also the console design, especially the original model, like the very first 3DS. Ooh, it has lovely designs. This is, this is like the one console... Actually, that's a lie. I, I lied to you. I was going to say this is the one console where they never made a bad design, but... The new 2DS XL? Ooh, it looks like a Fisher-Price toy. I do not like it. Every other 3DS, though. Gorgeous. The, the Aqua Blue original 3DS is just like one of my absolute favourite handhelds or consoles in general to look at. It's so lovely. But uh, enough of me gushing about the appearance of a handheld. That doesn't make me sound sad at all. But we're going to get into some music right here and then we'll be back with a hasty history. So we're going to kick things off, as I said, with a track from Hatsune Miku Project Diva. Oh, sorry, Project Mirai DX, because Mirai DX was the series for the 3DS. The Diva games are the ones which are exclusive to PlayStation. So with that in mind, why don't we listen to DJ, which is, might be very familiar if you listen to Radio Sega Live frequently. So yes, enjoy.
Tropical Resort, only on Radio Sega. Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Tasty History. Welcome back to the Software Resort right here on Radio Sega, playing you the music of Sega's 3DS lineup. And what you just heard there was obviously a track from a 3DS game. That was from Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure. Obviously, in case you couldn't guess, a rhythm game that's... I actually don't know too much about Rhythm Thief. I should really play it, because it is... It looks incredible from what I've seen. I just haven't played too much of it myself. That was Looting the Louvre? Louvre? I think it's Louvre. I think it's Looting the Louvre. I could... I could be wrong on that, but uh, I'm going to go with my gut instinct on that one. And before that, from Hatsune Miku, Project Mirai DX, that was DJ. And um, I don't think anyone actually pointed out in the chat room as to uh, what they recognise that from, but obviously, if you listen to Radio Sega Live a lot, you would know that that is the theme. Or what I say theme, it's uh, one of the talk beds used during Ravseek's chart-topping show, more specifically the ones used later in the show, not the first sort of batch, the second sort of batch. Uh... So we got we got a message through on Twitter. Um, Shadix Luto Croft, oh, sorry, Shadix Luto Croft, never heard of him before. Asked me why am I so sexy? Hashtag Topical Resort. And uh, Doom Girl just replied with because he's my son, obviously. Uh, okay, this is already getting a bit weird for radio. This is 7 p.m. People, of course, joking aside. But that is a very good question. Perhaps we may need to have that as a topical thesis a bit later on. Because maybe, maybe that might be a point of contention for some people. Uh, there was all, there was still a bit of talk in the chat room about the project. Oh, sorry, um, Project Mirai series with I saying that 
Eris, aka his daughter, is currently playing the demo right now. And um, Hedgehog Man, because, <laughs> because Super Sonic Strike has now renamed himself Hedgehog Man. Uh, he says this is one of the few Sega 3DS games I haven't tried out yet, and I think you definitely should because if you, you know, are sort of interested in the Miku series, the Project Mirai series is a nice little different taste. It's a different flavour, but not an entirely different dish to the Project Diva series. It is sort of a very fun bite-sized game, but in Project Mirai, there's definitely more of an emphasis on. Uh, sort of, you know, interacting with the characters rather than actually playing the rhythm game, which I think is pretty cool. Some people said they enjoyed that, you know, like, making a house for Miku and interacting with Miku inside the house and playing Puyo Puyo because that's in there for some reason. A lot of people seem to enjoy that more than the rhythm game, but I myself am strictly a rhythm game man, you know, I didn't really take too much time into those modes myself. But yeah, um, enough rambling. Let's get on with a hasty history segment, and this is where I go through the history of something relating to the topic of the episode, whether that be a game, a series, you know, handheld, a console, something relating as quickly as possible. And obviously, we could only go for one thing today. We had to go through the history of the 3DS. So why don't we get started? First release on February 26, 2011, in Japan, with a handheld launching at the end of March in all other major regions. It was teased in March 2010 and eventually revealed in E3 2010. This is speculated to be to avoid Japanese leaks. Obviously stated by the name, the device featured a 3D top screen that doesn't require glasses, while the bottom screen is the same touchscreen used as the DS or used in the DS. Fun fact: Nintendo had actually tried many, many times to use 3D in the past, but they had failed. These attempts on the Famicom 3D system, a pair of, or a few pairs of 3D glasses actually, I think there was more than one, for the um, Japanese only Famicom, obviously we got it over here as the NES or Nintendo Entertainment System, obviously the well known Virtual Boy, the GameCube's LCD attachment screen which was never released, and a 3D prototype screen for the, G or for the Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, obviously well known as well, I keep saying obviously for some reason, I don't know why i got to stop obviously saying that. The console had many revisions, with those being the 3DS XL, the 2DS, the new 3DS, the new 3DS XL, and the new 2DS XL, which actually released around summertime of this year. Initially, the 3DS actually saw, sold poorly due to the high price point and lack of games, but the price was drastically lowered and the Ambassador program was set up, which allowed early adopters to download NES and GBA games, with that also being the only way to download GBA games on 3DS, as they were never released, or they never released more of them and you couldn't buy them individually. The best-selling game for the console is Pokemon X and Y, which sold 16.15 million units. And overall, the entire family, so the entire range of 3DSs, has sold 68.98 million as of the time of this recording, with obviously, you know, consoles still on the mar- I said it again! <laughs> with consoles still being on the market as the two- I believe the new 2DS XL, the original 2DS, and maybe the new 3DS XL are all still on sale? Um, yes. So, uh... <laughs> Doomgirl says I tried the 3DS once, but I ended up vomiting in a toilet. Um, okay, fun fact there for you, you know that's part of hasty history as well. I guess, originally uh, there was a lot of complaints back in 2011 about the 3D effect and how it made people feel nauseous and all that sort of stuff. But for some reason those complaints stopped after a few months, I think it was just initially for publicity. Um, you know, some people going, oh, oh, this hurt my eyes, can I be on the news now, please? But yeah, a lot of people did say the 3D made them dizzy early on. 
Um, it depends though, because I, I think as the lifetime went on, also a lot of people stopped using the 3D slider. I had never turned the 3D slider on. I only occasionally do when I play the, um, like, Smash Bros. Sometimes I'll flick it on. It's like it's like a cool little novelty rather than, you know, a, like the main reason to buy it, I'd say. It, like, it's nice, but the effect wears off, and after a while, you just rather play 2D because you're not buying it for the 3D effect. You're buying it for that awesome, awesome lineup of games right there. And uh, the King points out that the 3D effect on the first 3DS was indeed quite bad, which I'd actually agree with. And actually, says that he actually still has his 2DS. Uh, the 2DS is awesome. It's like not one of the best looking of the 3DS family, but the design is so comfortable. I actually, even though I have the free, new 3DS XL, I sort of want to buy a 2DS because it's lovely in the hands. It it feels like a controller, but it's not. It's a handheld. Like it's just that perfect form factor to be able to hold in your hands and you know play Smash Bros and Mario Kart quite comfortably. It's lovely. It's some good stuff. If you can pick out a 2DS, definitely buy it. But yes, um, Hedgehog Man says I rarely use the 3D slider, but I still love the 3DS itself. As as did a lot of people. That seemed to be the sort of common thing I got. Uh, oh, ooh, that's quite a controversial pick there, Hedgehog Man, for your request. But I will definitely get that one on. We'll see how many complaints there are in the chat room about that one, at least. But yeah, speaking of that, requests. If you want to make a request relating to the topic of the episode, so a request from a Sega 3DS game doesn't even have to be exclusive to the 3DS. Perhaps it, you know, was a port like the Sega 3D Classics lineup of games, or the Sega 3D. Got to be careful on this one how I pronounce this. Sega 3D Fukoku Archives. If you're in Japan, obviously, you know, any of the games in that are eligible for this request resort. Just even if it was a re-release, it's still eligible as long as it was made by Sega and as long as it was on the 3DS. You can go ahead and request it. So yeah, send them in for a DM, as the lovely announcer lady told you uh, to do earlier. But you, you should know how to do. It. But if not, Twitter dot or Twitter or one more time, go again. Uh, go to Twitter at Radio Sega at Top Resort at the Green Viper Eight, or you can send it to us on something. Uh, you can send it to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. Or you can send it to us on Discord, radioc.ga4/discord. I'm Green Viper 8. Go and send me a message over there. Or you can send it in for some reason through email, topicalresort at gmail.com. And I, I don't actually get any emails on there except for spam emails. That's interesting. But I'm going to keep waffling until people send me requests. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I just saw something that was posted in my Discord, and that is. That is interesting. Um, they could they could have placed that advert better, but um, I can't. I really can't handle. <laughs> I can't. I can't read that on the air, should I say? Oh, that is a good request. I will definitely get that on Shadix. Uh, oh, see, that's a classic as well. Everyone loves this. Uh, did I import this into my library? I didn't, because we actually don't have a Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal soundtrack for some reason on Radio Sega, so I had to source it myself, and I sourced a very high quality one at that. So let's see if I can find that, it should be, there we go, Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. Obviously, um, for some reason, the, the 3DS was home to the better Sonic Boom games, which is actually surprising, because you, you would expect the console versions to be better, but no, in this case, 
uh, Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal and Sonic Boom Fire and Ice were actually better than Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric for the Wii U. I have no clue why that is. Uh, oh, I do know why that is, but I have no clue why it turned out that way, should I say. It's very odd, but yes, um... Shattered Crystal is okay. I hear people overpraise it a lot because anything is better than Rise of Lyric. Rise of Lyric's a horrible game. But, um... Fire and Ice was actually pretty good. I did enjoy my time with Fire and Ice versus Shattered Crystal, where I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but I think people are overhyping it just because they sort of want to get away from the bad taste in their mouth that was the Rise of Lyric. Which I actually need to go back and beat, because I'm about two hours into the game. I started streaming it once, and then I never came back to it. There's probably a reason for that. Uh, with that in mind, let's stop waffling and let's uh, line up that track. I have a tendency to waffle a lot. Um, that should be it. We'll put that there. I also do need to line up my request, because I think I have a request. Oh, we got a uh, someone typing. <laughs> oh. It also feels good in the hand the Nintendo Switch. It does. It's gorgeous. I never realised how nice it is to use the Nintendo Switch. Um, just hold it in general. I don't like the Joy-Con grip. I've sort of shown my gripes with the grip. Okay, I'll, I'll walk myself out. But yeah, I don't really like the Joy-Con grip. But playing the console in handheld mode, oh, it's nice. I'm using the Pro Controller. Gorgeous stuff. Love it. I keep using that word today as well. Ooh, I love it. Uh, Mario Kart 8's on there. Yes, Mario Kart 8 is on the Wii U, King. You are correct, but you shouldn't get it on the Wii U. You should get it on the Switch, because you won't you won't come over to the Switch version, despite the fact it's 40 quid. You know, you won't. Um, sure, I guess I could go for a second request if we have time. Uh, Hedgehog Man asked, did anyone else get Fire and Ice on launch besides me? I didn't, actually, because I wanted to get Fire and Ice on launch, but... At that point, I didn't have a 3DS, and also by the time I got a 3DS, I'd sort of lost interest, and I only actually got it when uh, I hacked my 3DS. Uh, interpret that as you will. Uh, yeah. Uh, a few more messages there. Um, so yeah, as I said, if you've got a request, just send it in through any means possible. I'm also going to check Facebook, because I never actually check Facebook. Because we never really tend to get any requests through Facebook, but every once in a while you get someone who just feels the need <laughs> to go on Facebook and go, Oh yeah, I want this song that you don't have. Okay. Or they request, sometimes they request it after the request block has already happened. Which is always great when they do that, because, you know, that's not totally pointless. Um... I love this talk bed so much, it is a really nice talk bed. Uh, we don't appear to have anything there, however I will save that. Uh, come on, right click, save that. And I'll put I'll put, a, I'll put out a tweet as well, just in case you're not on Discord. Maybe you're lurking and you don't want to use Discord and you said you want to use Twitter. By the way, if you are using Twitter, you know, send us a shout with the hashtag, hashtag topical resort. And you know, let us know that you're currently locked into Radio Sega and listening to the most droney voice on radio. I'm joking. It's it's not demeaning, I swear. Uh, yes. There's just one more check. That should be good. Okay, so with that in mind, we're going to get into the request block, and uh, for some reason we haven't had a request by Jamie this week, which is surprising. If you're listening, Jamie, send us a request. <laughs> Somehow. Do it. Do it through telecommunication. 
all that sort of stuff. Yes, as usual, since Jamie didn't get in his request, our first request this week is from Electric Boogaloo. And he's picked an absolute belter of a track to begin the block. So from 3D Outrun, one of the original tracks from this game, actually, this is Cruising Line. You're listening to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. We're playing you the best Sega 3DS music. Enjoy. Request Resorts.
and welcome back to the Topical Resort. That ended quite a bit sooner than I was expecting. I was halfway through a drink when I suddenly heard dun 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 dun, which is automatically a bad sign, but yes, that was the request block. And what you just heard there was a track from Sonic Generations, more specifically the 3DS version, because that wasn't in the console versions. That was Boss Battle Big Arms, a remix of Sonic the Hedgehog 3's Big Arms, the final boss fight, which actually doesn't appear in Sonic 3 and Knuckles for some reason, I don't know why. Yes, that is an absolutely lovely track. That always gets people up and going in the chat room. Speaking of which, we currently have a lot of people in the chat room, but more specifically, the point I was trying to make there is we currently have a lot of you listening in, so thank you so much to everyone here. Um, <laughs> thanks so much to everyone here who's currently listening. Sorry, I was reading through Discord and their uh, interesting use, use of vocabulary. But yes, before that was a track from Seventh Dragon 3. Oh, that was a request by Shaddix Croft, by the way. Before that was a track from Seventh Dragon 3, Code VFD. That was Tokyo, the Trials Grow Complex. I accidentally repeated that track because I completely forgot that Jamie64326 actually requested the track. And, um, I- I'm-, I'm sorry, but uh, I actually agree with Jamie here. I-, I think that track's actually nicer than the Teddy Lloyd version. I always, I always just default to the Teddy Lloyd version. I'm like, no, that's so much nicer. But when every time I hear that version again, I'm like, oh, that no, that is nicer. <laughs> I'm indecisive like that. I cannot decide which version I like more. But currently, it is the original version. For that was a track from Sonic the Hedgehog, the 16-bit version. Obviously, not the 8-bit Master System version. That was Labyrinth Zone. That was a request by myself because I love that track. And that was the 16-bit Mega Drive version, which actually appeared as a 3D Classic title on the eShop and was later put into Sega 3D Classics Volume... Sega 3D Classics and it was put into Sega Fukoku Archives Volume 2. That's the Japanese name for Sega 3D Classics. I almost said Sega, I almost turned into an Australian there. Uh, Big Arms, it's Big Arm. It it says Big Arms on on the boss battle, so uh, shut up. Um, I.I. says apparently I'm the dog's bollocks, yeah, sure, why not, this is getting getting really awkward, why is everyone suddenly, ooh, yeah, it's it's getting a bit spicy up in here, but, (laughs) anyway, getting back to what I would keep trying to say, um, before that was a track from Power Drift, the arcade version, and that was Side Street, A Course, as requested also by Electric Boogaloo, because he got two requests in that block. A very lovely track, obviously from 3D Power Drift, which also appeared in Sega 3D Classics and Sega for Koku Archives version 2. And before that, once again, was a track from Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. That was the title theme, which is also the title theme of the Wii U version, as requested by Supersonic Swag, aka Need a New Username, aka. <laughs> aka Hedgehog Man. And yeah, Electric Boogaloo, I know it's Sega 3D Classics Collection with the collection amplifiers it's just easier to say Sega 3D Classics though because that's what everyone always refers to it as and kicking off the block was a track from 3D Outrun and that's actually exclusive it doesn't appear in the original version of Outrun that is Cruising Line a very lovely track and that was also requested by Electric Boogaloo and with that in mind as if we haven't already done enough of it we're now about to ramble once again we are about to ramble about all of the games that are currently on our request resort list. So all the games that are available to request and also all the games which are released by Sega on the 3DS. So let me just open up the list. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, paint.net version 4.0.20. A. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So, 3D Afterburner 2. Afterburner 2 is already a great game. And 3D Afterburner 2 adds just some new bells and whistles to it. It's the definitive version. You're going to be hearing the word definitive a lot while I talk about the 3D classics. Yes, definitely check out 3D Afterburner 2. 3D Altered Beast. Altered Beast isn't one of those games that I particularly like anyway, but if you're going to play it, play it with the added bells and whistles. The better version of the versions available. Pick it up if you, can, if you have the spare cash, I guess. 3D Echo the Dolphin. If I recall correctly, this one doesn't actually have too much, too many changes. So I guess if you're looking for Echo the Dolphin on the go, then pick this one up. But if you're not, if you're just wanting to play Echo the Dolphin, you know, no matter how, maybe emulate it or pick up, you know, one of the various re-releases over the years. 3D Fantasy Zone 2 Double. Now I know this actually does have a lot of uh, additions over the original 3D Fantasy over the original Fantasy Zone 2. You know, new music, new game modes, all that sort of lovely polish added to the 3DS version to pick that one up. Definitely, that is a must-have. Before that, not before that, I, I'm in music mode. Um, <laughs> 3D Fancy Zone, Opa Opa Bros. 3D Fancy Zone, from what I've seen, is a very good port. I haven't actually played 3D Fancy Zone, the original. But Fancy Zone is such a great game anyway. If you want to play it on the go look no further than the 3D version. 3D Galaxy Force 2, same deal with Afterburner 2, added bells and whistles from the original. 3D Gunstar Heroes, an already fantastic game, now with even more polish and a way to play it on the go, check that one out. 3D Outrun has a lot more features and as I said, bells and whistles, get used to that phrase. Um, definitely check out 3D Outrun. Uh, 3D Power Drift, Yes, that is a very good port, actually, to be fair. I, I prefer that one quite a bit over the original. Get that one, especially since it comes in the 3D Classics collection, the box. Uh, 3D Shinobi 3. I didn't actually know too much about Shinobi 3, but I guess it's probably the definitive way to play it, judging by <laughs> judging by all the other games in the 3D series. So check this one out. 3D Sonic 1 and 2. These don't have any added features from what I remember. Just a 3D mode, so... You probably own a portable version of Sonic 1 or 2 at this point, so you probably don't need to go out of your way to buy this one. But if you don't, and you want to play Sonic, the original classics, on your 3DS, then go right ahead and pick those up on the 3DS eShop. 3D Space Harrier, a great port. I, I really do enjoy this one. This is the definitive way to play Space Harrier, definitely. Pick that one up. 3D, uh, 3D Streets of Rage 1 and 2, yes, just get them. Get them right now. 3D Super Hang On. I guess get that, because people were saying in the chat that version's quite good, so get that one. Uh, actually, let's see exactly what they were saying. Um... I love that bit, sorry. <laughs> uh, Electric Boogaloo says 3D Fantasy Zone 2W is based on the 60 System 16 remake of the Master System sequel. It was originally released on PS2 back in 2008. I never knew that, because if I'd actually known there was a System 16 remake, I would have played that one over the Master System version. But then again, I'm so bad at video games, I never beat the Master System version. So, yeah, uh, I, I didn't even get past level 2 on our Fantasy Zone 1. So, whoops. Yeah, check out that version then, because that's going to be definitive, because the Master System version, I remember, had quite a few issues. And one last 3D game, 3D Thunderblade. I don't know too much about Thunderblade, check this one out. 
Seventh Dragon 3 Code VFD. Uh, I, I haven't really played too much of the Seventh Dragon games myself, but from what I recall, Supersonic Swag actually played them, and I recall him enjoying them. So, you know, if, you, if you've got your opinion on the Seventh Dragon games, I guess go ahead and pop it in the chat. Or, in general, if you want to talk about any of these games, just like, you know, Electric Boogaloo has, he's, how he said, uh, 3D Super Hang On is very good, go ahead and pop your opinions down in the chat. I'd love to hear what you hear about it, or what you think about these games. Yeah, Seventh Dragon Free Code VFD is not one I have too much experience with, but it is a fun one anyway. The Etrian Odyssey games, I'm going to bundle these all in because I know absolutely nothing, absolutely nil about the Etrian Odyssey games. However, I hear they're solid RPG experiences, so maybe check those out if you're a fan of the genre. I've already talked about this one a bit, Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX. I talked about this last week and I talked about this a bit the early, earlier on the show. If you like the Project Diva games, you'll like this one. It's a different flavour, not an entirely different dish. It's similar, but not the same. So, if you're looking for a different experience from the console games, and you're looking for a bit of a break from realistic Miku, and you want a bit of chibi Miku, then look no further than Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX. Uh, the two Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, the London 2012 Games, and for some reason they skipped 2014 on 3DS, I have no clue why, so after that came the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Uh, these are pretty good actually, from what I hear, um, London 2012, I didn't like that one, the Wii version, I liked it when I first played it, but now looking back at it, it's quite weak, and I say this because it's one, like the, the Summer Olympic Games never really had much sort of meat to them, they were always like, all fluff, like, you know, all of the mini-games were just rapidly shaking your arm, like, 100 meters, shake your arm, swimming, shake your arm. There was never really any games where it was tactical and, you know, you had to use it sort of slowly and take control, I guess. But the Winter Olympic Games were always great for that because they always slowed things down and the motion controls never really felt forced and it wasn't just, you know, waggle the Wii Remote as fast as you can. It was very sort of fun in that way. It was a very good mini-game collection. But the Summer Games... They weren't too good, but from what I hear, the 3DS versions are a contrast from that. Especially London 2012. London 2012 on 3DS, I, I actually own that one. That's one of the only 3DS games I own physically. And that is a very good game indeed. The story mode especially, considering there wasn't a story mode in the console version, but there wasn't a handheld version, just like it was the case with Marion Sonic 2010. I'd recommend you pick this one up. And Rio 2016. I hear this is a good version, but uh, this was actually like the best summer game on the like this was on the Wii U and it actually got rid of all the issues I had with the uh, Summer Olympics like it didn't you could play the Wii remote but it didn't like didn't require you to waggle it back and forth so much for the most part they it, in fact it also made the motion controls completely optional you could play the entire game the Wii U gamepad which I actually really liked but um, yeah there's not as much of an incentive to buy this one considering the console version is actually pretty good so you know check it out if you're a fan of the Olympics or you know you're a fan of the Olympic Games or not the Olympic Games is in video games not as in the Olympics because otherwise I would have just repeated myself twice there but yeah um, there's not much of an incentive to buy this compared to the Wii U version but London 2012 definitely check that out on the 3DS over the Wii uh, Persona Q Labyrinth for uh, Shadow of the Labyrinth, wrong way around, not Labyrinth for the Shadow, Shadow of the Hedgehog, that'd be a bit weird. Um, what? <laughs> Shaddix has just posted in the chat a um, notification he got from uh, Imgur, 
And um, it says, does your family have, have a poop knife? Um, there are many questions to this statement. Um, I'm not sure which answer I should give to the statement, but yes, uh, if you do have one, you know, let us know, I guess. Uh, Persona Q, Lab Shadow of the Labyrinth, I did it again. Shadow of the Labyrinth, I don't know too much about it, but I hear it's very good, and they actually, the only thing I know about Shadow of the Labyrinth is quite sad as a Sega fan, who should probably know more about Atlas. Um, they released a limited edition 3DS XL for this game, and it looks very nice. It, it looks cool. Um, but, yeah... Anyway, I don't actually know too much about this. If you're a fan of Persona, you'll probably enjoy this one. And I know there are quite a few pa pans of Persona in here. I said Persona, didn't I? No! <laughs> We're not getting into that conversation. Uh, yeah, check that one out anyway. Project Cross Zone 1 and 2. I hear very good things about these, but I haven't actually checked them out myself. But I should, because it's a massive crossover with Sega and a bunch of other characters like Capcom. Get it. Get it immediately because we need more Sanjiro. <laughs> Jamie says, Why would anyone want the London games on 3DS? Its story mode is about Eggman and Bowser making London foggy. So they literally turn London into London. Good stuff. That's what I like to hear, Eggman. Um, yeah, so check out the Project Cross Zone games. Pio Pio, Pio Chronicle. Um, what, what's what's interesting? I did that on purpose, by the way. Uh, the whole. Panzer for Sony thing. Um, yeah, the Pio Pio Chronicle game, it, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people sort of went, why isn't Sonic Forces up to standards? And I think this may be one of the reasons. Because Pio Pio Chronicle was developed by Sonic Team and it was released at the tail end of 2016. I believe they put probably quite a lot of resources into making this alongside Sonic Forces, which may be why perhaps less time was put into Sonic Forces, but that's another argument for another day that I don't particularly, quite frankly, want to get into. Yeah, this is actually a very fun game. It's an RPG based around Puyo Puyo. Know what you're thinking? Was, wasn't Puyo Puyo originally an RPG before it was a puzzle game? And uh, yes, the um, I can't remember what they're called now. What are they called? Um, uh, I can't I can't pronounce them. Monogatari. Uh, I'm gonna look this up now. Keyboard sounds. Monoga. No, I, okay, that's not the name of it. I'm gonna need to look this up because this is just ah. Oh. There we go, Mado Monogatari. There we go. I got there eventually. But yes, it was originally an RPG. The point was before it became a Puyo game, but then they decided, why don't we make an RPG about Puyo? When that was already what the RPGs were about, except they weren't about puzzles. But yeah, this is like a puzzle RPG hybrid, I guess. It's pretty good. We're actually going to be playing some music from it in a bit. But this only came out in Japan for some reason. But if you can somehow get a hold of a copy or a Japanese 3DS or, you know, homebrew or some sort of way to play the game, check this one out because it is a very fun time for all. Puyo Puyo Tetris, we talk about this one enough. Very fun game. Obviously only released in Japan on the 3DS. It was released elsewhere on Switch and PS4. Check this one out if you get the opportunity to. Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. I'm sorry, but I don't know too much about it. Rhythm Thief we talked about earlier. Looks very fun. I haven't played it myself. Great soundtrack. Check it out. Sega 3D Classics Collection, a.k.a. Sega Fukoku Archi or Sega 3D Fukoku Archives number 2. Um, for some reason they released this series weirdly, so Sega 3D Classics was the second in the Fukoku Archive series, which was Japan only. Um, 
we've talked about all the games in it. The collection itself's good. Get the collection rather than buying all the games on the eShop because you can get the game physically. Hooray! Uh, Sega Koku Archives 1. Same deal, except this one was only released in Japan. And it has some good games on it. Obviously, as I said, if you have a way to import Japanese games and be able to play them on your 3DS system somehow, check this one out. Same with Sega 3D for Koku Archives 3. I get the feeling they're not going to make a fourth one, which is sad. But at the same time... You know, it, it was it was fun while it lasted. I guess they probably actually probably the best thing to do, to be honest, would be to port them to the Switch. But obviously you couldn't do the 3D. But then you just remove the 3D from the title and change the tagline. And if you put all three in one collection, I think that'd actually do quite well. Yes, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse. I don't know too much about this, although Shin Megami Tensei is highly regarded by many. So I'm sure this is a fantastic experience for all. Shinobi 3D, I recall this being quite naff, but the music was quite nice, although I could be wrong, but I don't remember the best things about this game. If you're a Sega fan, check it out, if you can find it cheap, check it out, otherwise your money's better spent on other Sega games. Like Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, um... I'm joking, because this is a downgraded port of the console version. It is pretty good, but I wouldn't recommend it. Like. If, if you don't have access to a PS Vita or something, but you desperately need to play this game on the go, like it will do, but there are better versions of the game, there are better handheld versions of the game, as a matter of fact. So yeah, check them out instead, but honestly, this is probably a contender for the best Sonic title on the 3DS. And that's worrying, because there's five Sonic titles on the 3DS, and if they're all worse than a pretty mediocre game, that is slightly worrying. Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice. Um, this was the better of the two Sonic Boom games, and this was actually pretty good, but I wouldn't say this was the best of the Sonic games. It still has quite a few issues, but overall, check it out. It is a fun time, and it is starting to get discounted now, so you won't have to, you know, pay tons of money to buy it. You can buy it pre-owned for a pretty decent price. Sonic Boom, Shadow Crystal, a pretty fun game, all things considered, although it could be better. It's got a few... Negative flaws like the amount of backtracking required to do anything, and plus the fact that it's Sonic Boom, so that will automatically make some people complain because we we don't like Sonic Boom. We want we want the original Sonic who doesn't have blue arms and doesn't have sports tape on his arms. Boo hoo, boom hoo, ha ha ha! I didn't think of that one just now. Sonic Generations. Um, I believe this is probably the other contender for best Sonic game on the 3DS because it's not amazing. Like it's a fairly short adventure. Can only can be beaten in like only two hours and it's all 2D no 3D on modern Sonic whatsoever um, it was also developed in under a year as I mentioned in the chat room which was really quite impressive but in turn they took quite a lot of cuts like uh, all of the classic levels reuse their level design from the Mega Drive games which is strange but they do anyway and the fact that for some reason most of the most of the levels aren't actually taken from handheld Sonic games. I don't know why that is, but they aren't. <laughs> it, it's odd. It's like the first level, Green Hill, is from a handheld. Okay. Then after that, the next level from a handheld game is Water Palace, followed by a Tropical Resort. Speaking of which, the theme to this show is actually from Sonic Generations 3DS. It is actually Tropical Resort. Oh, I say Tropical on purpose now. It's actually Tropical Resort Act 2 from the 3DS version of Sonic Generations, which is a very lovely song. I love the guitar on that track. But yes, uh, not it has a few flaws, but it's pr 
probably one of the better games because this is the absolute worst this next game coming up this is the lowest of the low Sonic Lost World for 3DS oh this game is horrible it's infuriatingly bad it starts off really good as well which is confusing because I'd say it actually starts off better than the console game but that quickly goes down the drain because it quickly becomes apparent that instead of a uh, quality they would focus on making levels which sometimes last an hour there is there's one individual level the snowball level which can last up to an hour and there are quite a few infuriating levels too the fact that 100% is stupidly difficult to get avoid this one at all costs it's just not worth your time Stellar Glow, I don't know anything about that, sadly. And Super Monkey Ball 3D. This one got a lot of flack, but I actually really liked Super Monkey Ball 3D. It, after, after, like, the so many, like, mediocre... Mediocre to bad Monkey Ball games, I was so ready to accept this one. And when I played it, it really didn't disappoint me, actually. I love Super Monkey Ball 3D, but there's a lot of people who's like, nah, it's not as good as Deluxe. It's not as good as Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2. Twitch... No, blasphemy, I disagree. It's a great game. It's a little on the easy side, it's a little on the short side, but it is on the fun side, definitely. It's back to that classic monkey ball action rather than step and roll. The less said about step and roll, the Wii Balance Board game, the better. Literally, you have no control of the character, you just control their speed. Which is so incredibly boring. <laughs> yes, that is all the games on the request resort list. So, with that in mind, we're going to read what you guys have to say in the chat room, then we're going to get on with some more music. Um, what else have we got here in the chat? Uh, oh dear, um, <laughs> Dean has just posted, oh sorry, Shadix has just posted a message in the chat, which is a gaming tablet running Sonic Mania. Why would you run, a, why would you get a gaming tablet to run Sonic Mania when you could just buy a Nintendo Switch? And, you know, not buy some cheap Chinese third-party weird-looking tablet thing. That's dreadful. Why would you do that to yourself? Ugh, no. Disgusting. Um, Jamie asked, didn't Puyo have an RPG on the Saturn or something? Yeah, it did, and that was a uh, Waku Waku Puyo Puyo Dungeon, as Electric Boogaloo rightfully pointed out. But even then, there was still the games before that, obviously. Ah, uh, no, I didn't mean to click on that. Whoops. Messages, messages. Or oh, Super Monkey Ball Adventure. Oh, the less said about Super Monkey Ball Adventure, the better. That game. Oh, it's horrible. I don't like Super Monkey Ball Adventure. Less said about it, and the less sort of heartache I have over that, the better. But with that in mind, let's get in some music. So, um, for, uh, this was accidental, but we have some, we have an elemental themed block here, I just noticed. So we have a track from Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, followed by a track from Puyo Puyo Chronicle. Both, uh, games revolving around Sonic and the Puyo Puyo Chronicle was released by Sonic Team. Doesn't have anything else to do with Sonic. I don't know why I tried to make that comparison there. Yeah, so we're gonna kick this off with a track from Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. As I just said, this is mechan- is, is Mechanized Meltdown, right here, on the top of a resort.
tropical faces. And welcome back to the Sopo Resort right here on Radio Seiko. What you just heard there was a track from Puyo Puyo Chronicle. That was the Fire Dungeon, which, if you know anything about Puyo Puyo, you would know that that was obviously a remix of the... I don't, I don't know what relation it is. Is it like a main theme, or is it just a song that appears a lot? Yeah, that's obviously a remix of Puyo... or Fun Puyo Puyo Hell, which appears in a lot of the games in the series. And for that, from Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, that was Mechanized Meltdown. So we accidentally ha- ended up having a Fire and Ice themed block there. Whoops. But yes, as our lovely announcer lady just announced, it is now time for the topical thesis. And for those of you who don't know what it is, because maybe you haven't listened into the show before, it's where I've taken an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from around the Sega community, and I give my spin on it. I give my three points for, my three points against, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement and my six points overall. So in mind, don't you want to know what today's topical thesis is? Aren't you just itching to know my say on a certain topic which I'm about to reveal? You are? Good stuff. So today's topical thesis is, now that the Switch is out, should Nintendo drop the 3DS as a platform? So we're about to get into my three points four, but before... Let's um, let's see what everyone has to say in the chat room. Uh, Doom Girl says topical disease. Yes, yes, disease. Yeah, it's your. Why, why not? Um, there's a lot of a course and of course not. And there was also some misleading advertisement going on there in the chat room because um, fun retro stock or fun stock retro. Sorry, um, tweeted out an image of tab of a tablet they're selling, which is 110 pound. It's an Android gaming tablet. And they showed the fact that it plays Sonic Mania, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, there's now been quite a few references to that in the chat, and there's also been quite a few tweets sent at them, or sent towards them, in reference to that misleading advertising. Oh, you, you ch- cheeky devils, you. Uh, <laughs> Smash Rosa Switch featuring Funk. Oh, sorry, new Funky Mode. And also, Electric Boogaloo is currently leaving the chat. In that case, you know, hope, since you said you're continuing to listen, you know, you still get to listen to my voice. Love, lovely stuff. You just won't be talking. Sure. I, I don't know how to respond to that, but uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so, without in mind, let's get into our 3.4. The 3DS has now been around for seven years, and although it still has its popularity, it's time to advance on from the system. Now, seven years is quite a long time in technology. So much has been done in those seven years that almost makes the 3DS seem outdated. And on top of that, you know, consumers are going to be less willing to buy it because it's no longer that new bit of tech, no matter how much Nintendo tries to market it as that. The 3DS sold well over its lifetime, but the Switch currently sells better and is continuing to make the mar- oh, and Nintendo are currently marketing a cheaper console. And Nintendo continuing to market a cheaper console would confuse those who are uneducated. So, you know, you just sort of. It's just a bit of a conflict, really, because the 3DS sells well, but the Switch sells better. And by having the 3DS still on sale, like, parents and gullible people would just buy the 3DS, because there's no difference. It's the exact same. This is just cheaper. The Switch is a scam. All that sort of stuff for people who don't understand video games. You know, all it's doing is just creating market confusion. The 3DS has had its time, why not let it go and let the new product prosper? 
The 3DS continues to undergo many revisions, which personally says to me that everyone is, or that every revision is quickly put together to try and salvage sales for the 3DS family. Yeah, um, as I said, there's what one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six different revisions of the 3DS, like six different individual models, and all of those are released like a year or two years apart maximum. Does that not say that it's struggling, perhaps, if they need to constantly change it to keep it fresh, to keep it in people's minds? Does that surely not say that it's struggling? So if you had the 3.4, why the 3DS should be dropped, so why don't we go against that? Why don't we argue as to why the 3DS shouldn't be dropped and it should be continued to be worked on? Due to how long it was around, the 3DS is a great library full of games for all. There's... The Switch is currently a very limited library, and on top of that, it's a library more so dedicated to people who are passionate about video games rather than the casual audiences or, you know, people who want to play Wii Sports, should we say. Whereas the 3DS has something for absolutely everyone. It's got a vast library, whether, you know, you're, you're a hardcore gamer or you just like, you know, sports games or something, or you like Nintendogs, or you just like any sort of game style under the sun. The 3DS probably has it, and that's why you should keep it around, because it's got something for everyone. Uh, despite my other points, the 3DS still continues to sell well new and oh, new and used, so cutting off the line just because a new product came out would be illogical and would lose lots of sales. You know, it's not like the 3DS suddenly started selling zero, it does still sell quite a few units, it just doesn't sell as many as the Switch. So, just by completely cutting it off overnight, you'd be cutting out quite a lot of the sales for the console, or quite a lot of sales for Nintendo, and you'd be losing a lot of money. It just doesn't seem logical to me to completely drop it outright due to how much of a loss they'd see. And, more importantly, the 3DS could serve as a budget console for those who lack the money or for young children. You know, there's nothing wrong with letting everyone play video games just because people don't have a lot of money or perhaps they're a young child who wouldn't be trusted with, you know, new high-tech electronics doesn't mean they should be excluded from playing video games. So by keeping around a budget line or a, you know, the 3DS being much cheaper than the Switch, you're allowing people an entry point into games for those who are perhaps, you know, not able to buy the full-fledged consoles. So, you know, it, it's a good thing because it introduces as many people to our favourite hobby as absolutely possible. With that in mind, what's my opinion on this opinion? So let's get into my conclusion. Although a new, more powerful and more practical handheld is out, the Nintendo 3DS lived a very long life and has my absolute favourite library of games for a handheld console. As much as I love the 3DS, it could be argued that the best thing for Nintendo as a company would be to move on from the past and run away with their new, incredibly successful console. This could be a good idea, but personally, as much as I'd like to see that happen, I believe the most logical solution in this situation would be for Nintendo to keep their old consoles and handhelds around a little longer, so they can bring themselves in maximum revenue, but also so they can get those without a Switch currently invested within the Nintendo brand. 
What's your opinion on this opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Top Resort, at The Green Vibrate. You can get it in through Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. You can get it in through Discord, radioSC.g forward slash Discord. You can get it in through an email, topresort at gmail.com. Or perhaps you can send it in through a Radio Sega private message over on the forums. I'm Green Vibrate over there. Or perhaps if you're feeling old school, I don't know if we currently have anyone listening in listening in through this method. Perhaps if you're feeling a bit old school, you can listen in through the Radio Sega IRC. IRC. IRC.surrealtrack.net Hashtag Radio Sega I know we had some people in IRC listening in last week I don't know if we did this week I, I, I have my client open but I haven't seen anything yet uh, We have actually got a few opinions in over on the Twitter uh, Supersonic Swag At Adam Sega Fan Because it's, um, his at on Twitter is different And also there's the fact that um, <laughs> he now goes by Hedgehog Man in the Discord. The name Hedgehog Man will never stop to make me laugh. Adam says, I love the 3DS. I didn't get it until around 2013, but I ended up getting quite the game collection for it. Though, I think it's time for the 3DS to end, being that the Switch is the hybrid handheld and console. A very good opinion. I, I personally agree with both sides. I think that the 3DS should be kept around, but I also see why people would think that the 3DS shouldn't be kept around. It's not one of those cases where I think there's, you know, a wrong answer especially, but I think it makes sense to keep it around just for a bit longer, you know, to bring in revenue and also to let as many people play as many video games as possible, as I said. You know, we don't want to exclude people from the hobby just because they can't afford a Switch, you know. Even if even if you know you don't like Nintendo, there's nothing wrong with people getting, you know, a cheap little console to get them into video games and then hooking them onto something else. And, you know, getting people invested in a lifetime. Wouldn't you like to get more people into your hobbies? And with that in mind, we got one more response on the Twitter, which was from at, or at Tropican underscore Kion, who said, I don't think they should keep the 3DS around. So a lot of people don't think they should keep the 3DS around, but I want to know what you have to say. So, you know, send it in through all those different places that I mentioned just there. And maybe we'll read some out after the music break. But speaking of which, we're going to go into just that. So uh, we got two tracks here. One of them is quite long, one of them is quite short. But uh, if you listen to Radio Sega, this is a remix of a track you all know by now. And trust me, you all know it because it's constantly on loop on the 24-7. So this is a remix of Origin Awaken, Theme of Heroes. And more specifically, this is the Project Cross Zone, Cross Project Project Cross Zone version. So you're listening to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega, and we're playing you the music of Sega's 3DS lineup. More specifically, pretty much between the years of 2011 and 2017, because it's fairly safe to assume that they won't make any more at this point. But some absolutely great music anyway. So that in mind, we'll see you after the break for the Discord call in. But for now, enjoy the music.
Resort, only on Radio Sega. Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section, subscribe to us on iTunes, or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Cooling. And welcome back to the Super Resort right here on Radio Sega once again. I've welcomed you back quite a lot. You, what you just heard there was from Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympic game, or Rio 2016 Olympic Games. They changed the wording for some reason every single game. I don't know why. That was Styx's theme, and Styx obviously being the character first introduced in the, Som- in the Sonic Boom series, 
which is a spin-off series from the original Sonic series. Um, yeah, for some reason they like sticking her into the main Sonic series now. Her sticking her. Yeah, because wasn't a character in the main series, but I think they're trying to find a way to incorporate her into the main series because she appears in a lot of spin-offs and a lot of media relating to the original series rather than the spin-off. And that was her theme, and that's actually seven minutes long for some reason, so I cut that a bit short because I thought that was a bit too long. And before that was a track from Project Cross Zone, that was a remix of Origin Awaken theme of Heroes. And now with that in mind, it's time for the Discord call-in, where you can call into the show. All you need to do is grab a microphone, join radioac.ga4/discord, jump into the chill-out, and from there you have a chance of being on the show. So why don't we take a look at who is currently in the chill-out, and it's, it's exactly who was expecting it to be. So this is a tough decision, but um, based on who we had on last week, I'm going to have to go for a different person this week, so why don't I go with you? Huh? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I was still Dean, oh God. <laughs> Classic. Yes, yeah, so welcome to the show, Jamie. What would you like to talk about today? Uh, I actually didn't go on for this, to be honest. Not oh. this time. Whoops. <laughs> this is a bit awkward then, in that case. But I guess, uh, to talk about some stuff yeah. anyway. Yeah, for once, I actually won't plan this. No, oh, this is this is even greater. So, um, yes, I'm I'm prepared. Um, Discord call-ins are the best type of Discord call-ins. Quick, quick, pick a game from the list. Um, London 2012. Yes, you had some opinions on that in the chat room earlier. I saw. Yeah. Why? Why make the start the story of London 2012 about Eggman and Bowser making London foggy when that's just everyday life in the real world? <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of like the story for uh, the Winter Olympics 2010 on DS, which was, um... Obviously they have a whole thing about weather in those games, it's like, oh, uh, they stole they stole the winter from Frost Town and all these other places. We need to restore winter because it's currently sunny and it looks all awful, and this place isn't meant to be sunny, judging by the wintry music in the background. So it's like, they have a thing for restoring weather, for some reason. I don't know why that is, because it's not exactly like we associate fog with the Summer Olympics, but we do associate with with, um, with London, especially, I guess. I think with probably uh, the Olympic Games on handheld consoles, it's, uh, they just throw out an idea and just say, right, what we're going to choose? Oh, something about fog. Okay, that's the story. Get right in. <laughs> We need to restore the rain to England because all the rain is gone. <laughs> it can't. It can't be the Summer Olympics without it drenching it down during the two hundred meters. <laughs> no, because you saying Bolt might slip us all. <laughs> that to be fair, that would be very entertaining. Uh, I'd wa I'd watch that Olympics uh, event to be honest. Like, like, oh god. <laughs> I would say, yeah, but it's not as funny as he, how he finished his 2008 Olympics. I have, I can't remember how he finished it. Explain. I, it was mentioned on the Top Gear because Jeremy Clarkson pointed out what it is before he even crossed the uh, crossed the uh, finish line. He had his uh, he had his arms out already celebrating, saying, "I've I've won, won before he even crossed the finish line." And it was on top of that, his shoelaces were tied. <laughs> <laughs> That's already a disaster. And yet he still won. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> That's a shame. I was looking forward to a full-on Olympic disaster in that case, but it didn't happen. Anyway, but, quick eno- another game, Sonic Generations. So, what's your experience with the handheld version, or don't you have an experience? I do. The, my Actually, to be honest, uh, Sonic Generations on the 3DS was the first 3DS game I bought. And how, what do you think of it? I actually quite enjoyed it. Obviously, not the same experience as the uh, console version, but uh, they could have at least tried to make modern Sonic more 3D than what it was, but they was trying to keep on par with the already released DS titles. But other than that, it was okay. It was good to actually see in uh, one-to-one remakes of the uh, classic Sonic stages. That's true. I, I think it is a good game. It gets like too much flack for what it is, which is just... A little simple title, as I said, that was released in under a year. So obviously they weren't going to have time to like program fully 3D again. But at the same time, everyone was like, "We we want 3D modern Sonic on 3DS," and then we got Lost World 3DS, and everyone went, "We don't want 3D Sonic on on our 3DS." And then it went back to 2D with the um, Sonic Boom games, obviously. But yeah, I think it is a pretty good port, or not port, a pretty good original game, all things considered. Yeah, it uh, was. And for what little there was of the game, they did all right with trying to try, try, try testing out the uh, 3D feature on the 3DS. Yeah, the 3D feature on that game was actually quite nice from what I recall. Yeah, the 3D feature where you can view 3D Sonic characters' models, and I hurt my eyes because a certain bat knocked me. <laughs> oh, no, no, not 3D Rouge, no. 3D Big the Cat, no, I can't. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so outside of that, what's your experience with the actual console? Like, tell your story, I guess. Uh, was it? True experience was it was the uh, I think it was probably the first console I ever got within the first year of release of uh, of a console. Uh, it was I didn't actually know much about it uh, apart from that. Was it? Uh, uh, presentation they made about the uh, 3D capabilities, which were completely different to the uh, final product. Yeah, that's a bit misleading. Yeah, it was. Yes, there was eye popping 3D, but uh, it was also the case where the screen had more depth than actual 3Dness, which some games actually used to its advantage. Yeah, the, the depth thing was actually quite nice because there were a lot of. Oh, I, re- I recall this. Um, the Virtual Console, the specifically the Game Boy Color Virtual Console, had a filter that, or a secret filter that you had to press a button combination to activate when you booted up the game. And that filter, it emulated an original Game Boy screen, so when you turned your 3D on, the the uh, actual game was slightly below the screen, emulating like the original Game Boy Color, and I thought that was incredibly cool. And then there was... Games like well, uh, Super Mario 3D Land, where in some parts of the game you had to, had to turn the uh, 3D feature on just to know where he was going. I actually never turned on the 3D feature in that game. I found it actually to hinder me more than it did turned turned off. I don't know why. That's weird because a lot of people were like when they um when the when the 2DS came out, they're like, "How are you gonna play Super Mario 3D Land without a 3D slider?" And I'm like, "I beat, I beat the game." without the slider on. Let's see, uh, Rhythm Thief, which was, uh, I believe, uh, either the 
cheapest game I bought on 3DS or the second cheapest game I bought on the console at only six pounds. Hey, uh, how was that? What was that like? I actually quite enjoyed it. The fact that uh, the first thing that came to my mind in that game was Michael Jackson. Obviously, that's true. Yeah, obviously a lot of inspiration. Doesn't he actually appear somewhere, or is that just my imagination? Or I think like that's an impersonation. Your, I think that's your imagination. It's sort of like an impersonation or something at some point in the game. Not, not like a real thing, but. But the fact that uh, the main character's outfit, you can obviously tell it's uh, based on Smooth Criminal. Probably. D yeah, if I, if I remembered what the main character looked like. Uh, <sighs> I, look him up. Yeah, I will. So uh, while, while you talk, you get keyboard noises. It wouldn't be a show without the keyboard noises. No, we need our daily dose of that, and do you know what else we need our daily dose of? Yeah, well, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to uh, turn everyone on. There we go, now you can't ask for either of those things. No, you, you other... Jamie's talking about Nintendo again. Yes, Jamie is talking about <laughs> Nintendo again. Hang on, um... Oh yeah, I guess I see what you mean. It's quite smooth criminal-esque. And um, yeah, j just just so uh, people can complain, you've got to throw in a bit of SNES Classic. So how, what's your experience with the SNES Classic this week, Jamie? Uh, haven't touched it for a bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that good, is it? I enjoy it, I just haven't had the time for it, really. You need you need to put you need to put some uh, like you know custom ROMs on there and stuff because there's a lot I'm of people. Uh, I'm, not I'm not modding it. Because oh, there's a lot of people who've been modding it and for some reason it has like... The console has way more memory than it needs, like it only uses less than half of it. So you can literally add apparently the entire SNES library to the console and uh, you still have leftover room. I'll say don't get me wrong, I would like to mod it and everything, but for the sake of like being a collectible... I don't want to uh, change it the way it is. Yeah, I guess that's true, and I, I would say the same thing, but uh, I, I always end up modding every console I own. <laughs> Whoops. I, uh, I, oh, I, have I, a, uh, I have a bad habit of doing that. I'll say if I had a second one, I would obviously mod it and put every SNES title on that is possible. Mirko mm, just said something controversial on Twitter. Oh, the urge to ban. Mirko just said on Twitter, the 3DS's UI is so blanking blank. The Vita has a much better UI. The, the urge to kick this man is incredible right now. Like, neither had a good UI, but the Vita UI... Oh, no, it's not better than the 3DS at all. The Vita UI is pretty bad, actually, as it goes. I don't like it. Else I'll say, the last time I used the Vita was in game, but looking at its user interface, it was like all over the place while in the 3DS. It was just like a steady menu, days, your games, you can set folders. It's all tidy. I, 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 I still sort of wished on the PS Vita they used the uh, cross media bar, because that's like the best way to actually, I guess, I, I guess it's actually my favourite PlayStation sort of 
start not start screen uh dashboard we'll call it a dashboard so favorite sort of playstation dashboard the new ones like the ps4 ones okay and the vita ones i think in my opinion dreadful doesn't sony call it xmb or something like that yeah xmb and they're they're a bit edgy so uh the x stands for cross cross media bar yeah, Supersonic Swag says the VTUI is really outdated. It is. It, it was good for the time, but I don't think it was better than the 3DS. I think the 3DS was much more intuitive. You know, you you, you don't even need to use the touchscreen, but the Vita pretty much requires you to use the touchscreen to do like anything. Like you need, if you want to close the games, you need to like drag them with the touchscreen and stuff. It's just not intuitive at all unless you use your touchscreen. While with the 3DS, you can just press the home button. There you go. And you can use the D-pad and the buttons as well, just to navigate around. And in fact, providing providing you're using a cartridge, you never even need to move the D-pad because you can just press A and you're instantly in the game. Yep. The thing is, though, my my experience, I preferred the uh, user interface of the PS3 and PSP. Yeah, that's always my that's always my sort of go-to, I guess, in terms of user interfaces I guess I, I still feel like the 360 original user interfaces that's like my favorite sort of dashboard I guess but the cross media bar is very nice it's a golden rule for me at least I could say another thing about the Vita that uh, at least it's hardware manufacturer didn't abandon it a couple years within its life yeah the, I remember they announced in like 2014 that they were stopping game development and there's still games coming out this year so I don't know what happened there but because I remember because literally like a few days after uh, Hyperdimension Neptune Universe Sega Hard Girls released they announced that um, they'd stop production of games for the West and I'm like so they're not going to translate this game but they, they announced like a year later that it's getting an English translation and I'm like but you just said they were going to stop developing English titles what do you mean? I think there was probably meaning from Sony themselves or something because they published quite a lot of uh, probably Japanese titles. I guess that's true, but uh, this is this is a topic for another episode because we will eventually cover the Vita probably next season. I I have most of the rest of this one lined up currently. Anyway, with the uh, 3DS uh, games, I'd like to play it properly. Is the uh, Project Cross Zone games? Yeah, they do look fun, I will admit. Even as someone who's not that much of an RPG nut, they do look fun. The thing is that I, I, when I played the demos, I wasn't playing it as an RPG. I was playing it as a beat-em-up. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, but they, to my knowledge, they're actually hard games to come across nowadays. It's just sad, but uh, sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through quickly a few of uh, Supersonic Swag's messages and then... One last, a few, a few more things before we wrap up here. Uh, he says, "I remember when they had that solar eclipse in the US. I was playing Sonic Mania at the time. It was a bit underwhelming where I live, so I looked at it for like a minute and then just went back to playing Sonic Mania. That's exactly how you should do it, because Sonic Mania is an incredible game and it is much better than any natural sort of occurrences that could be going on outside. Play Sonic Mania, buy it on every console you own." No, Sonic Mania is more than important than a natural uh, phenomenon that happens once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, he, you, he was, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll say, if you lose focus on Sonic Mania, then you should be ashamed of yourself, and I don't think Christian Whitehead and Stealth would be happy with you. <laughs> Christian Whitehead and Stealth just come for your kneecaps. <laughs> 
Yeah, but anyway, uh, he also says 3DS over Vita. The Vita was more powerful, but the 3DS has a larger game library of quality games. That's exactly my point. I love the Vita, but whenever I... I don't have a Vita, I have a PlayStation TV, but whenever I pick up my PlayStation TV, I'm just like, what do I want to play? There's like no... There's like a few good original titles, but there's like three or four, and then the rest of it's ports that don't even work on the PS TV. Well, the rest of it's stuff that just plays a lot better on other consoles. I'm just like, every time I pick it up, uh, what do I have to play? I don't really have anything. I think the main game I wanted to play on the Vita got ported to the PS4, which is uh, Gravity Rush. Yeah, that's true. That's like the one exclusive, and now everyone has that on PS4, so it's just like, mm, you killed the only exclusive your console had. Good job. Uh- I somewhat wanted Uncharted for the Vita, but it's nothing important. It's also going to say, like, um, a lot of people tell me, it's like, oh my god, it's so powerful, it's the future of handhelds, but then stuff like Borderlands 2 came out, and yeah, the less said about that port, the better. There are tons of dreadful ports where they were like, Everyone was like, oh my god, it's, like, it's console-level graphics, it's, it's the future, it, it's going to replace consoles, and then when <laughs> actual console ports came out, they were horrible. At least the 3DS proved one thing, and it's that you don't need power to sell the console. That's true. Electric Boogaloo points out, also Electric Boogaloo's back, uh, he points out, maybe I could play TXK or Jumping Flash. That's true, but I'm mostly, for the most part, talking about titles that are exclusives, like... Portable PS1 stuff's cool, but I can do that with a PSP. And it's exactly the thing. Like, um, I know Mirko was also talking about this quite a lot. He said he tends to use his as a PSP more than he uses it as a PS Vita, which is uh, interesting. That's why it's saying I use my 3DS as a DS. Exactly. No one uses their 3DS as a DS. I, I always use my original DS. <laughs> I do, depending what co- depending what what games I want to play the most on the go. Obviously, take a couple of DS games with me, but yeah, mainly my DS is my DS. That's true. But uh, any- anyway, Jamie, I think we're going to wrap this up for now because there'll be people listening to the podcast <clears throat> nudge nudge complaining that you're on again uh, for too long. <laughs> but aside from that, we hope to have you back soon because, as always, you bring some good points to the table, despite how much of a meme you are. How, how many episodes have I been on in total now? Uh, I should actually count, but you're probably in 30 of the 41 so far, I'd say, at least. <laughs> Which is worrying. You know, more people do start to call in now, but I, I still like to bring you on, just because, you know, it's always nice to have you on the show. Need a co-host for season two? <laughs> no. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> it's double trouble with your host, Jamie and Viper. Hey, at least it'll probably go better than Triple Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Anyway, Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'll see you later. See you later. Bye. And that was Jamie64326, and it's been a Discord call-in, and now it is time to get into the Toppy Mix. And the Toppy Mix is where I take a Sega track of my choosing, so basically my Sega track of the week. Then I go on to a remix relating... The Sega track doesn't relate to the topic of the episode, the remix relates to the topic of the episode, and the non-Sega track doesn't relate to the topic of the episode. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to be kicking this off with a rather interesting Sega track, because uh, I actually uncovered the higher quality versions of live versions of Sonic Forces tracks. So basically, at Tokyo Game Show, they did some live covers of some unreleased Sonic Forces tracks, and 
they're interesting to say the least and I'm gonna play this one because <laughs> this one makes me laugh quite a lot and I think you'll hear why so from Sonic Forces this is Justice Park Avenue the live version right here on the topical resort and when we when we when we come back we'll be finishing off the show and announcing what's coming next and you guys always like to hear what's coming next so perhaps stay tuned who knows but for now enjoy the music let's get scratching the topping man Truly incredible stuff right there. Here comes the enemy, strike them down. We can't let evil win, take them out. This is justice, this is what's right. Here comes the enemy, mess them up. And bring them to their knees, do your stuff Time for justice, time to go fight, hey! Sonic Forces, can you sing with me? Time to go fight! Let's hear it! It's time to go fight!
for one last time. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. We just heard there was a track from Cuphead. That was uh, a non-Sega track, which doesn't relate to the topic of the episode. That was Botanic Panic. I've been wanting to play music from Cuphead since the game first released, but I always just forget about it. I don't know why. Every, every single week I've gone, I'm going to play Cuphead music, and then by the time I come to write the episode, I, I always forget. But yes, a very lovely track there. I'd, re- I'd recommend you check out the full soundtrack. A 30s cartoon-inspired game, for those of you who don't know. Very cool stuff. Before that was a track from Marion Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games. That was Dream, Dream Uneven Bars, which is our remix of the week, and that was a remix of Grand Metropolis from Sonic Heroes. A very lovely track at that. And kicking off the block was, was the very strange, very fantastic, very odd live mix of Sonic Forces Justice Park Avenue. Um, yeah, we figured out why it was so weird because air horns randomly in the in the middle of the track and then they just despite the fact they're singing in English and the people singing it in English they start speaking Japanese halfway through it's possibly one of the dankest live mixes of a Sega track should we say yes but with that we come to the end of the episode and thank you so much to everyone who's listening we've had quite a crowd actually come out here tonight so thank you so much to everyone who's listening everyone who's chatted everyone who's you know sent an opinion everyone who's been on twitter or just lurking or whatever we love you all and thank you so much for listening but i'm sure you're itching to know what's on the cards for next week well i'm hoping this is on the cards for next week because I haven't actually done too much research into this, and I'm not sure whether there's enough content to be able to make an episode, but I will certainly do my best to stretch the content we currently have, and hopefully be able to make it into a full episode. So with that in mind, as of now, the plan may change. As of now, the current plan for the next topic, next week's episode... It's an episode on the Sega Pico, the educational Sega system which is known for its weird titles, and more specifically its weird censorship in some titles. Yes, a a young children's education console actually had to have some games censored outside of Japan for being too risque. Yes, a young child's education system. Interesting, right? Yes, but I am quite looking forward to that because I think that could be quite interesting. No one ever really tends to talk about the Sega Pico, so it could be, you know, something a bit different. But as for now, I'm Greed Vibrate. You have been, you have been, you've been Shadix Croft. You have been Hedgehog Man, aka uh, Need a New Username, aka Super Sonic Swag. You've been Doom Girl. You've been Jamie. You have been Electric Boogaloo. You've been a few other people. There are a few people earlier on. Uh, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. You were II1980, you were the king, you were also CD-ROM. And if I've missed any of you, I apologise, but hopefully you enjoyed the show no matter what. And yeah, I hope to see you next week if you listened in and enjoyed it. But as for now, we actually didn't see this person this week. We didn't see any of Lost Impact. If you're currently listening in Lost Impact, hello, ciao, bonjour, all that sort of stuff. And um, if she's listening in, I know there's one question she'd probably ask is there any edgy music on tonight's show and yes there is because we're going to be ending this off with a track from Sonic Generations it's the Act 1 remix of Radical Highway Vengeance is Mine because Act 2 sounds like someone farting through a tin can it's horrible Act 1 by, by Cash Cash the classic 
the classic band, uh, band, the classic musicians who do a lot of, you know, pop music, a lot of chart music. They tend to do a lot of sonic music, and this is one of their tracks. Compared to Act Two, which is done by Circuit Freak, who I believe did the music for Sonic Rivals, if I remember correctly. But if it did, it's a downgrade from Sonic Rivals because the music in Rivals is much better than the music for Act Two. But anyway, yes. With that in mind, thank you so much, everyone who's listened. We're going to leave you with Radical Highway Act One: Vengeance Is Mine. But for now, as always, stay topical.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.